Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 37 seconds to go. Down to touchdown. Snap to Carr. Taking an end zone shot. seconds to go. Stevenson up the middle, drops it behind to Jacoby Myers who circles, laterals it. Picked up by Chandler Jones, going the other way. He runs to the end zone. Unreal. It's a miracle for Vegas. Oh, we're going to get into that one in just a little bit. Week 15. Why Herm on me like that? Y'all can't crazy. see Coach Herm. Yeah, Herm's still here. Here's he that little violin right from before well, the show. listen, yeah. uh, you were playing your time <laughs> Going. I can't even tell you guys what today's okay. going to be like. Hey, four teams have already clinched with their spot red. in the playoffs. Welcome to NFL Live. Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky, Mina Kimes for the hour. We're going to be joined by Adam Schefter and Lisa Salters from a very cold Monday Night Football. A meaningful NFC East matchup between the Giants and Commanders capped off Sunday. And that's where we begin. Battle for the playoffs. Second quarter. Commanders up 3-0. Kayvon Thibodeau had other plans right there. I mean, he had a huge night. In the Ability to stop the run, get after the quarterback, sack, fumble, and then recovery for a touchdown breakout game. Giants take the early lead. Fourth quarter now. Commanders trailing 17 to 12. Third and four from the five. Heineke dropping back, trying to escape, but he's sacked. The ball's loose, and the Giants recover. Once again, they would add a field goal to go up 20 to 12. Heineke upset. Commanders would get another chance, though. Just over a minute left. Second and goal, and Heineke escaping, but. Kayvon's there again, Marcus. He's it, it, the, the athleticism that everybody talked about prior to the draft is starting to show itself. Next play, third and goal from the one. McLaurin lining up, giving a thumbs up to the ref before the play. The Come ref on, acknowledges, bro. as you saw there seconds later, Heineke handing it off to Brian Robinson. We're going to get into this. McLaurin is called for a legal formation. No touchdown. Commanders move back five yards. Ron Rivera's face was all of our faces. Fourth and goal from the sixth. Heineke dropping back, looking to get anybody open, throwing it to Samuel, who can't come down with it. Take another look at Samuel being held there. So there's a lot to get into, That's but here's good. McLaurin on the officiating after the game and the Giants' big win. I checked to see if I was good the first time, and he was like, I move up a little bit. So when I moved up, I checked to see if I was good, and he said I was good, so um, no, I'm not trying to get fined, so. But Terry, he told, did you hear him tell you that you were okay? Yeah, I did. Like, that's why I'm giving him the thumbs up twice to make sure I was, I was good, but. I mean, reality is what McLaurin's saying was all caught on camera. We just showed it to you. Dan, I see your face. <laughs> I hadn't heard that sound. What do you make of the call? Oh, it's an awful call. I. Hearing that sound from Terry McLaurin, it's either he's lying or the official blatantly yeah, throws the flag. It's all, we can keep replaying this video. You guys can see in the video that he's. But he's the saying the up. official like, said you're good. Like if the official right. said you're good, because look at his right hand is on the flag right now. If you're watch the official's right hand, his hand is right now sitting on that flag, ready to throw the flag. So it's either Terry McLaurin 
And I don't know Terry at all. He seems like a great guy, and I'm not assuming that he is or is not. Is either lying about it or not? Here's the reality. The wide receiver's responsibility is to tell the official I am either on or off the line of scrimmage, verbal and non-verbally. And I think that's what Terry is intimating with the thumbs up or thumbs down. The next process, it's the official's responsibility to say you got to get off, you got to get on, something like that. My whole problem with all this is this is not a subjective call. This is mechanics. You know, like Marcus, if, if, the, if, if Terry's supposed to be on the line of scrimmage and he's six inches off the line of scrimmage and the slot receiver is a yard behind him, that's very he's, clear that he's on the line of scrimmage. So it's either the official blatantly was going to throw that flag or Terry McLaurin is blatantly lying to the general public. And I, I, don't, I don't think, think that's the is. case. Yeah. Bro, we, we are in, like, listen, I have never played wide receiver due to the body type, obviously. <laughs> but I have seen this happen. <laughs> and and per, first of all, so what were you looking for? Perfection, if right. you're the referee? If I'm checking with, if I'm double checking with you, right. and the ball is about to be snapped, what do you think I think? Right. I think I'm aligned the proper right. way. And then for the referee to not only throw the flag, but not to give an explanation. That's be people's biggest gripe. The biggest gripe is that the ref gets to leave and Terry McLaurin got to stand in front of the cameras and ask what actually transpired. When you see – Dan, I've always thought – never played offense. You understand this as a quarterback. I've always thought when a receiver did that to a referee and the referee didn't do this or tell him to come up, you are aligned perfectly. This had playoff implications. This He's is that, well, not a small that, call. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, Terry McLaurin saying he gave the thumbs up twice. Yeah. He was in it, the right position. But you mentioned the playoff implications. That's why the officiating matters even more in this game because of how significant this was for both of these teams with the win. The Giants I now mean, have a 91% chance to make the playoffs while the Commanders saw their playoff hopes fall to 35% with the Seahawks and the Lions right behind them. You really can't overstate how crucial this was. And then you add insult the injury by not calling P.I. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, right, <laughs> exactly, right. We showed you both of those in the highlight. Mina, Stink. let's take it on the field for the Giants. What was the best part of their game on Sunday? Well, aside from the run game, Saquon on that final drive, Daniel Jones led one of the best drives of his career. Uh, to me, it's all about the Giants' pass rush. I think the greatest compliment you can pay this Giants' defensive line is that Wink Martindale, who you guys know, probably blitzes sheep in his dreams, <laughs> did not send pressure on several key drives. Actually, the drive to end the first half, I was sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for the blitz, didn't come. And then on that final drive, he only blitzed once, and it was in large part Laura because he had faith in his four-man rush. Yeah. We've been talking all year about how disruptive Dexter Lawrence has been on the inside. On the inside, Aziz Olari, the first-round draft pick last year, had a key pressure. And then finally, as Dan said, Kayvon Thibodeau took over this game. When they didn't blitz, they had a 40% pressure rate on Terry McLaurin. That is good, and that gives me faith in this defense going forward, despite a lot of the injuries in the back end. Even though we beefing, you better talk that damn D-line talk, <laughs> Mina Kyle. We're still Listen, beefing? Yeah, we, yeah it's not over. We, we got uh -oh. a long, we got yeah. long road to recovery. Mm. Here's the thing, too. <laughs> to, to Mina's point, the continuity and how in sync they were in the red zone, right? As a defensive line, the conversation coming off of the sideline or when you're having – when you're huddling up is that all else fails, especially when you have an athletic quarterback. We have to have gap 
and rush lane integrity, yeah. right? And they allowed – Kayvon kept getting one-on-ones and he kept winning them. That's why he had the game of his life because at some point the commanders didn't figure out we probably should help our tackle over there uh, get him under control. But in the red area in particular, I've always firmly believed that the defensive line is the most important element to red zone defense. And it's because obviously we know the field condenses. But the field doesn't condense usually when you have an athletic quarterback. And let me remind everybody that Taylor Heineke is an athletic quarterback. But if you look at gap, gap, um, gap rush integrity, if you look at who's, being, who's rushing with a lot of aggression and guys are sitting back to wait for him to make a move. You see all of those windows closing when guys get high and defensive tackles yeah. are sitting low? That's planned in the red zone. I don't think we're making a big enough deal about that Thibodeau play, by the way. That, that oh, He was six, seven yards deep there, in the end zone. It's another one where you track 25 yards down the field made that, a tackle. That, that, that might be later in the show. Okay. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, okay yeah. so you heard Mina you know mentioning Saquon. You heard her talking about Reed. Daniel Jones and all of that. What impressed you about the offensive side of the ball for the Giants? Well, their offensive line. Uh, but I will say this. I think Daniel Jones has done enough to be the Giants quarterback for next year. And we've been hard on him. But he's gotten this team on the brink of the playoffs. I agree. But I do believe that the strength last night was in the unsung hero, unsung hero of the weekend was their offensive line. First of all, Daniel Jones sacked zero times. Second of all, they get that fumble that they overturned the call by Heineke. And it was just like, hey, here comes Saquon Barkley. Washington knew it. Everybody knew that they were going to run this football. They ran the ball four straight times for almost 50 yards. That ends up leading to that what ended up being the eight-point stretch victory for field goal by Graham Gano. The reality of this offensive line not allowing – and we talked about this defensive line for Washington. Now they were coming on. The interior of their offensive mm-hmm. line had been dominant. They were, like, finally playing at that high level. For the offensive line not to give up a sack to Daniel Jones yeah. and to run the football at the end of the game that way, the way that they did – I thought that was a very impressive performance. Like by I, that I told y'all last week, if, if the Washington Commanders were going to win this game, it was going to be that D-line unit yeah. dominated. They got yeah. handled. They got handled. Uh, that's the first game ever that Daniel Jones didn't have a sack. He probably went home. He's first like, game ever? I feel ever. good. Yeah, yeah. The first game he ever. was not No Eps and salt. He's like, not that you so would know nice. anything about being sore after a game. Oh, the birds are <laughs> out. We stay in the NFC East as we go to Cowboys and Jaguars. Hey, at one point, Dallas led 27-10 to 10 in the third quarter. We pick it up in the fourth, though. 12 seconds left. The Jags are trailing 34 to 31. Trevor Lawrence scrambling. He finds Zay Jones for the first down. They're now in field goal range. Next Stay there, ball. Five seconds left. The 48-yard field goal for the tie. Riley Patterson. The kick okay. is good. We're going to OT. Right. Yeah, we are. Doug Peterson loves it, and so does Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars would win the toss, but they'd be forced to punt. So Cowboys' first possession of overtime, and Dak Prescott. Firing toward Noah Brown, but it's picked off by Rayshon Jenkins for the game-winning pick six. Mm. The Jaguars win in overtime, 40 to 34. Dak Prescott, what happened? I take every loss on the chin. Um, I, I think that that's that's my job as a quarterback to put us in positions to win and uh, eliminate the the mistakes and the potential chances to, to allow them to score um, after turnover. So and that, that's what's frustrating about it, whether it's a tip ball, whether it's an unfortunate interception, whatever it is, they all suck. And at the end of the day, I've got to do a better job, and, and that's where it is. So, Dan, everyone's going to talk about that overtime interception, right? But you had more of an issue with his third quarter pick. What was uh, that? Oh, way more. The overtime interception's not on Dak. Noah Brown, who had a great afternoon, has got to catch that. The second and 18 interception it's 27 to 17. There's three minutes to go in the third quarter, and there's just this panic by Dak Prescott. It's a 10-point lead. It is second and 18. The likelihood of you guys 
converting this is low. The likelihood that you need to is low. And then the move the pocket, right when you move the pocket, he has played so much football. There's tight coverage there for him to just go get three or four yards, man. Understand, okay, the defense won this rep. And here's my issue with all these interceptions that are going on with Dak Prescott. 18 minutes to go in the game. It's second and 18. It's forced when you move in the pocket, and there's zero need to do it. He's thrown eight interceptions since he's come back. Six of those are inside his own 40-yard line. Mm -hmm. That's second most when it comes to how many interceptions you've thrown inside your own green zone, that 40-yard line. That's second most in the NFL this season. He missed four games. Wow. Yeah. The picks, the picks concern me. It's not the picks, Marcus. Well, where it is. Where they're happening but, but also, is killing this defense. And it's, some, some of it is attributed to the guys that he's throwing it to as well. Like, we obviously, we look at interceptions, and I think at some point we need to make it a wide receiver thing as well. Like, putting some of these in on, on, on every quarterback. Because a lot of that interception, you get your arm hit in the red area, coming through, trying to follow. I, it might have been picked anyway. Anyway, hmm. Kellen Moore is my problem. I, I told y'all a couple weeks ago, I said the Dallas Cowboys are going to go as Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott goes. And both of them are not performing well enough. This is after the Trevor Lawrence fumble, okay? Now, you got an opportunity to close this game out. Dan, what does Patrick Mahomes do? What does Josh Allen do? What does the uh, offensive coordinators for him do? This is the first play of the game. Second play, you come back with this jet sweep to Tony Pollard. That, the Jaguar defense is sitting at the line of scrimmage. And then on third down, you take a shot on third down instead of trying to figure out how do we get CeeDee Lamb on a crosser. The over route has worked the 85% of the time on the last four games I so watched. So what's your complaint about those play calls? Like the I first they, and second I down or they, the third down? I think they are conceding and trying to preserve a win instead mm -hmm. of going get it because I don't like the design. Dan, we in that situation. All right. Yeah. If I'm, you're my, you're, you're my offense coordinator. I'm a head coach. I'm telling you, Dan Orlovsky, whatever we have to do to get 10 yards, right. run. If you got to run a trick play, a flea flicker, win the game now. I just didn't feel like they had that type of energy towards it. But, but don't you think that they run the ball on first and second down to force the timeouts to get used? I understand that. But you know that if you get a first down, yeah, Jacksonville is sitting there with like, one timeout. I agree timeout. with you. That third and ten play call, I think it's the worst I've ever seen I mean, from Kellen Moore. And he's my boy. <laughs> but, yeah. but first and second down, I understand trying to get them to burn their timeouts. I, I like that uh, Marcus made himself the head coach and you the offensive coordinator. Yeah. That didn't go unnoticed. Mina, the reality is <laughs> the Jaguars did win this game, okay? They gashed the Cowboys defense for 192 yards on the ground. Yeah, that's a whole How'd other thing. How'd they do it? Yeah, well, this is why I'm a lot more cons more concerned about the Cowboys' defense than the Cowboys' offense because what you saw from Jacksonville is something you've seen at various points over the last couple of months or so, which is offenses have figured out how to negate the strength of the defense, which is, of course, the pass rush. In the passing game, you don't drop the quarterback uh, in traditional dropbacks that much. you got to get him on the move, RPOs, screens, the ball's out quick. And then in the run game, uh, you just stretch them horizontally. Yep. Outside the tackles, yep. Travis Etienne averaged over six yards per carry. Trevor Lawrence had a couple of huge scrambles yep. outside of the tackles. I think every end around the Jags ran was incredibly effective in this game. And I see that being a huge Green problem Bay, for this okay. Cowboys defense going forward because yeah. other offenses are going to do the same thing. Hey, we're just getting started on NFL Live. We got so much more coming your way today. More on that in just a little bit. That game, Dan is going to go to the touchscreen to Come show on. us how Trevor Lawrence is finding his groove and leading his team right into the playoff picture. 
Plus, Dan Campbell's Lions started out one in six, and now they're biting off more than just kneecaps, guys. They've won six straight. Nobody wants to play them. We'll discuss why next. Keep it right here for NFL Live. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think we can just go ahead and anoint the Lions, the team with the strongest fighting spirit in the oh, NFL yeah. right on, now. Let's just do it, right? Jared Goff and those Lions looking to keep their hot streak alive versus the Jets. Two minutes to go. Lions trail 17 to 13, fourth and inches at midfield, and Goff says that's okay. I'm going to get it to Brock Wright. He takes it all the way for the touchdown. The Lions take the lead 20 to 17. We'll pick it up under Brock. 90 seconds to play. The Jets with third and 19 at their own 16. Zach Wilson, he was back and able to connect with Garrett Wilson. Off the slant. I don't mind a timeout not getting used there in third and 19. I like the completion. This is the moment, Laura, when you get this completion, pop that timeout right there. You got three of them. This was, should be when you use that first one. Robert Sala said he over he was overthinking in the moment. Yeah. He said hindsight should have taken it. And right there, Zach Wilson trying to escape. He throws it to Elijah Moore for 20 huh. yards. It, the Jets call a timeout with seconds left in the game. And so then at that point, Incredible they're gonna go play. for the field goal. At this one, this is a 58-yard field goal for Greg Zerline, and the kick goes wide left. No good. The Lions win 20-17. to What a win for Detroit. The Lions now have won six of their last seven games following their 1-6 start to the season. Back in Week 8, Detroit had a .2% chance to make the playoffs. That's now up to nearly 29%. If the Lions win their last three games, they would essentially be a lock to make the playoffs. I, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit right here, Dan, really fast. You were the one that said they could win out and make the playoffs. So we'll see if you end up being right. If you're wrong, we'll definitely point that out too. And playing it, cool. Marcus. I know <laughs> that's because so we're just going right to keep moving. Are you and he doesn't get to talk. Marcus, what's changed in Detroit for the last two months? 
Dan Campbell and the believability of this team. Just just coming out, me and Dan in a commercial break. Using SAT words, believability. Just coming out the commercial break where, when we were talking, Dio, I talked about just killer instinct at the end of ball game. Yeah, you're talking about in contrast last to week, the Cowboys game. Last week it was Penesu. Yeah. I got to go get a first down because we're going to win this game. Because last year and a part of this year, I watched us lose these games. A tremendous amount of times. We had this conversation about the Lions last year. Yeah. Losing one-point games, late in games, giving up fourth-quarter leads. This game, you go back, right back to it, fourth and inches. What do you do? Conservative. I punt. I try to figure out what's – no, go win the game. And right. that's what I believe Dan Campbell has all of these guys believing each and every Sunday. Okay, more to come, but breaking news. This coming in right now. We go right to Adam Schefter as breaking news related to Jalen Hurts. Adam joins us from Lambeau. What's going on, Adam? It has a sprained shoulder, and his status for Saturday against the Cowboys is uncertain at best right now. There's a chance that he's going to miss that game and that Gardner Minshew is going to have to start in place of of Jalen Hurts as the Eagles try to put away the number one seed in the NFC. But he got hurt in the third quarter yesterday when a Bears defender fell on him, drove his shoulder into the ground. You could see at that point in time that Jalen Hurts was hurt at that time. And now it's so much so that his status for Saturday is in question about whether or not he can play against the Dallas Cowboys. If not, then it would be Gardner Minshew. But there was a big hit. He took a lot of punishment yesterday. He obviously was not feeling right. He was slow to get up a few different times. Jalen Hurts was. And now it's to the point mm -hmm. where where the Eagles are with the record, with how well positioned they are, they actually can afford to be very careful and cautious with him and make sure that he's better before they bring him back to play anybody else. So there's a real chance he misses Saturday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. He's dealing with a sprained shoulder. He's certainly in some pain here. And if he can't go, Gardner Minshew would start against the Dallas Cowboys. Adam, is there any concern it would be more than a week that Jalen Hurts would miss? Laura, I think all options are on the table here. I was told specifically by the Eagles and Jalen Hurts' agent, Nicole, that it is not a long-term injury. I know that people have floated a broken collarbone. I'm told it's not a collarbone injury. That's not the situation. It is a sprained shoulder. You could see him go down. Again, we'll see what happens here, how quickly he can recover. He's certainly not going to be 100% here for a little bit of time. But with the cushion that the Eagles have built up in the NFC East, they could afford to make sure that Jalen Hurts is right before they bring him back, and clearly his status is in question for Saturday night, and I think for the short future, but not the long term. Chetty, can I ask you real quickly, is it his left shoulder or his right shoulder? Oh, right. I believe it's his right shoulder. Yeah, That's it looked correct. like he landed on his right shoulder. I think he was driven into the, the – yeah, yeah, he was driven into the ground. If it's the play that I think it is, there was a play where Travis Gibson – Drove him into the ground. I think that's the play. If that's late in the third quarter, that's the play. You see him stay down on the ground. And that would be the right shoulder injury that he suffers on this particular play. Falls on the right shoulder, stays down on the ground, and obviously it's going to affect him. And again, they're saying he's uncertain. I think Gardner Minshew will wind up starting Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll see how the week unfolds. Excellent information, Adam. We're coming back to you in just a little That's bit, but want to get everyone's take on this. First of all, obviously the right shoulder, Dan, his throwing shoulder, 
they have put themselves, the Eagles have, in good position to Adam's point to make sure that Jalen is as healthy as possible when they need him. But a quarterback dealing with a shoulder injury, that's no small thing. Yeah, I think this is huge news. And hopefully for Jalen, this isn't something that is long term. But here's the reality. You are three weeks left in the regular season. So not only are you thinking still securing home field advantage, but the number one seed in that bye becomes enormous mm. right now. The second thing is this. I'm not solely focused on Jalen Hurts the throwing. I'm focused on Jalen Hurts as a runner as well. His shoulder being hurt is going to impact every single carry that he takes for the remainder of the season. Every single moment where that coaching staff goes, do we want to call this run right here? Like, do we want to expose it to another shot? I think this is enormous news, and there are going to be so many kind of decisions um, that get impacted by this. I hope it's not as big a deal as I kind of my gut feeling makes it out to be. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, Dan. Like the Eagles offense, what's made them so devastating is that they can beat you so many different kinds right. of ways. And if they're not as dynamic on the ground and if he is not the runner he has been, they're just not going to be, even if Ooh. they have a good run game, completely changes the way defenses can play them. Um, I'll say this, ahead of this game, the Cowboys game with Minshew, well, certainly put Micah Parsons' comments about the system to the test. I, I do think there is a formula for the Eagles to make this competitive, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the Jaguars running the ball horizontally, stretching them out, RPO, screens, play action. Minshew can execute all those things. It will not be close to what is possible with Jalen Hurts, but that doesn't mean this game is out of reach for them. Yeah, it's fascinating, as Mina's pointing out, to turn your attention to the game that we'll see on Saturday yeah. against the Cowboys. Gardner Minshew, I mean, let's live in a world where he's playing at this point. We'll find out if Jalen Hurts finds a way to gut it out. That doesn't feel super smart for the Eagles going down the road. What do you think about that matchup for the Cowboys and then potentially what it does for them coming off the loss to the Jaguars when they're trying to fight for playoffs? Yeah, I'll position? probably still take the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Listen, they, wow. they, they are not going to blink. The Philadelphia Eagles won't blink. Yeah. And this is a part of why I thought that this team would win the NFC East and be the representative in the Super Bowl as we've seen this season come to hope. Remember, this offensive line is still the best in the game. You talk about skill position players. We've seen Gordon Minshew play really good football. <laughs> right. But everybody focuses on this offense, and rightfully so, because we're having a conversation about Jalen Hurts. In the last three weeks, I think the Philadelphia Eagles has like 15 to 17 sacks right. in the game. defense has been unbelievable. And we, we, yeah. we see what Dallas is giving up pressure-wise. Um, in, in the passing game. Now, here's the concern for me when it comes to Jalen as far as bigger picture. I wouldn't – he wouldn't play a down until we got to the playoffs. Uh, but, but fella, I'm with you. I don't even care about it when I, it comes to this game because the Cowboys game, because they lost yesterday, this yeah. weekend's game against the Eagles. But you're matters. thinking about the positioning in the playoffs, the first round by all of that. I, I, mean, I think that's You care about that, now. right? I care about it. I care about it, I, and obviously it's a reason why you play for that. This team will travel, though. Like I, I just they run I the don't. Ball well I don't have. A, I don't know, a, a fella. Like th this team going out to San Francisco it, it, with a quarterback that's got a bum shoulder. Dio, I listen. San Francisco gonna be a tough out for anybody, right? That's like, fair. like. But when I when I when I think about the Philadelphia Eagles, and I told y'all I got excited about seeing both of these teams match up, and obviously that was with Jalen Hurts. If you're in the playoffs. And to your point, Dio, whether you got to go to San Fran or whether they coming to you, Jalen Hurts is probably going to be the difference in that game.
Not a 80% Jalen Hurts. Not a Jalen Hurts where you're concerned about if we're going to call a run play. You know you're going to need his legs. Whether you're playing San Francisco at home or whether you're playing him on the road. So I just, I wouldn't, I would not fool with Jalen Hurts until this thing was as right as it could be Hmm. when we get ready for the tournament. Real quick too, Dan, about the bye. I mean, they got two games on the Vikings who they beat as you remember. So they do have a little bit of cushion here with the injury. It's not like he can't afford to miss more than one game. They can still hold on to the number one seed. We That's should a throw good point. Their, let's throw their schedule up one more time uh, just to see if we can pull that up for the Eagles. For yeah. their, their, We've got, obviously, the Cowboys on Saturday. Then the one. Saints, right. that's going to be at home, and then the Giants. So And uh, the Vikings are, what, 11-3? and three? Yes. And then San Francisco and Dallas are both 10-4. and four. Four. So as long as all three of those teams each lose at least once, they will secure the one seed. I would agree with Marcus then. If, if, the, if those three teams each lose – one of the next three weeks, he wouldn't play it down in the regular season for me. And I think they could get two of those, if not all three, without him. I really do. And listen, this team is on a Super Bowl run right now, but I do think that in the NFL we stay a little bit future-minded, right? Like you're you're thinking to yourself, this guy has proven, I think we all agree, that he is the quarterback of the future. Let's not put him in a position to potentially do something sort of long-term damage. There's the playoff standings in the NFC. Go ahead, And think about this, guys, too. Five years ago, the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, who were runaway MVP, Jalen's MVP candidate right now, in the one seed, lose Carson Wentz sometime in December. Now, they go on to win the Super Bowl, but I think of it this way, and I'm just (laughs) one, and Mina, you would agree with me on this, I would imagine. The greatest jump for this offense has been the ability to throw the ball down the field accurately. What impact is that going to have on this? I don't care about it this weekend. I'm talking in the middle of January or the third week of January. And I'll go back to this. Every single moment for the rest of the season, regular and postseason, when they go, do we want to dial up the quarterback run, you're going to hesitate going, gosh, we're one shot away. Yeah, again, the reporting from Adam Schefter, Jalen Hurts had x-rays on a sprained shoulder. It is his right shoulder, which is his throwing shoulder. Injured after the Bears game yesterday or during the Bears game, had the x-rays after the game. There are some rumors out there about the broken collarbone. Adam told us that is not true and that it is a sprained shoulder. And speaking to Jalen Hurts' agent and others who are very close to the situation, we will keep our eye on this. Also, as soon as this news came out, the Cowboys are now six-point favorites on Saturday, so that's interesting. Coming up on NFL Live, just when you think you've seen it all, the Patriots find a new way to lose and cost themselves a playoff spot. Woo! We will react to this. Uh, Producers, you might want to get the bleep button ready. You never know with these guys up here. (laughs) I'm not talking about you, Dan. Fighting Spirit Moment is brought to you by Modelo. Brewed for those with a fighting spirit. I'm so motivated. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Monday Night Football is back tonight as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers host Baker Mayfield and the Rams at Lambeau Field in a virtual must-win game for both of these teams. 8 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. ESPN Deportes and ESPN Plus. The Manning cast is on ESPN2. We got you covered across the board. Before now, we check in at the Domino's pregame headquarters where Lisa Salters is standing by. Miss Lisa! Lisa. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that sends you some warmth, okay? Uh, Lisa, I hope you enjoyed your I'm last couple weeks. Studio. You were in Tampa. You were in Phoenix. She fly, uh, those days she are fly, obviously over. Fly, she though. is fly, but how low will that thermostat go tonight, <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> Guys, all I can really say is pray for all of us tonight because the temperature kickoff is expected to be in the teens. We haven't had a Monday night game this cold since Bears-Cowboys in December of 2013 when the kickoff temp at Soldier Field was 8 degrees. I remember that. I froze my you-know-what off. Now, for the Packers, it's just another December night at Lambeau, right? And Aaron Rodgers said he's always viewed these weather conditions as an advantage. He said the pass rush isn't quite the same in the cold. And he believes his ability to throw the ball in frigid temps because he's used to it gives him an edge. As for the Rams, Sean McVay said, there's really nothing you can do to prepare to play in the deep freeze. It's not like piping in crowd noise, so you can't really replicate it in practicing in Southern California. He said, all you can really do is acknowledge it to your team. And, and yes, it's going to be cold, guys, but realize that the Packers are going to be cold too. McVay said, the question you have to ask yourself with conditions like this is, do you have a quarterback who can handle the elements and drive the ball through the wind? And fortunately for us, McVay said, with Baker Mayfield starting, the answer is yes. Now, I've only been out here for like 20 minutes, but already my mouth is starting to not work. <laughs> I got to get back inside, guys. Go get oh, Lisa, go get warm, please. We are sending you so many warm thoughts and all of the hot cocoa and whatever you else gotta you You got to have them heater things in your hands and your feet, too, Miss Lisa. I things. hope she has them. I got them. Yeah. Okay, I got them. My mouth doesn't work in room temperature. Yeah, that's what I'm using well, when I'm hungry. Dan, that's true about you. Lisa, we love you. All right, do another wild <laughs> ending I'm from Chandler yesterday. I'm Chandler Jones, you're Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> New England Patriots visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Those two catching up. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels yeah, reuniting in 40 seconds left in the fourth good. quarter. The Raiders thrill 24 to 17, second and 10. Derek Carr launches a deep pass to Keelan Cole for the touchdown, but it's called yeah. to be reviewed. Y'all remember last week when we made fun of the Raiders for playing press man in the situation against the Rams? Yep. How about the Patriots doing it? So well coached. I don't what know how the right foot's foot? in there. Yeah. The left Ooh. foot, excuse me, but. Well, Touchdown. Belichick doesn't know either. Uh, after the review, review, I can't. Now I can't talk. Now I'm making fun of you. It's coming back to me. All right. So three seconds left in the game. Fourth quarter, third and ten for the Patriots from their own 45. And Mac Jones handed it off to Ramondre Stevenson. He runs up the middle, <laughs> laterals it to Jacoby Myers, and Myers throws it backwards. And Chandler Jones says, "I'll take that." <laughs> He runs it in for a touchdown. Honestly, I mean, I because we're not watching in the hands it. of either team, we can laugh about it. But either way, McDaniels got the last laugh. New England falls to 7-7 seven and seven with a wild ending. The radio calls are crazy. Go listen to them if you haven't heard them. And the Raiders win 30-24. to 24. 
What a game. Dan, is that on the player or is there a specific coaching aspect here with something like that happening? It's on the player, Jacoby Myers, and credit to him because he's absolutely owned it from the very moment he got into the locker room. But my brain naturally goes to like, would have this happened or would this have happened with offensive coaches in those – like, here's the reality. Uh. It's another unprepared moment again. It, they look unprepared. They look sloppy on the final play. They looked unprepared. They look sloppy in the football game. They look unprepared. They look sloppy in this whole season. This, this play is a microcosm of what this season has been, certainly offensively, in New England. You right. calling education? Microcosm, you I like that word. He's, his vocabulary has improved. It is, it has. He's got some SAT words going on. They All right, time for me to react. Are you some of the feet on the desk, bro? storylines from yesterday's game. Well, he's not doing anything right now, so he can put his feet up. It wasn't easy, but the Chargers eked out a win against the Titans. LA now has a 93% chance to make the playoffs in large part because they have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL based on their opponent's win percentage. So, Mina, what you like from that Chargers offense yesterday? Yeah, you know, people are always frustrated with the Chargers this season. Why does this offense look good? You forget that they rarely had their two-star receivers, Keenan, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, yeah. on the field at the same time this season. Now that they're back, it's so great. I, look, Justin Herbert threw one of the craziest passes of the weekend to win the game, rolling right, finding Mike Williams downfield. But Williams, who pointed up his finger and asked for the jump ball, also made an incredible <laughs> catch, getting his toes in, that elite body control, the ability to win those 50-50 balls is special. And my only wish is that Justin Herbert targets him, frankly, more often, deep, yeah. earlier in games, because good things happen when these two connect. And they're dangerous, aren't they? On the losing end of that game was the Titans, who have now lost four straight games. As a result, their lead over the Jaguars and the AFC South is down to just one game. And these teams will meet in the regular season finale in Jacksonville in week 18. What a game that's turned into. Marcus, have you seen enough out of the Titans to think they can hold on to that division lead? I have not. And you know what? This is like high school. When you break up with your girlfriend and you realize she the best thing ever happened to you, but you got to watch her and her other boyfriend have a tremendous amount of success. They go on to have kids, get married, have a great life <laughs> together. And that's what the Titans are doing with A.J. Brown right now in Philadelphia because Ooh. that is what you're missing. You're, you're missing an explosive playmaker on the outside. That was Ryan Tannehill's safety net. And I told you guys last week if this wasn't going to be a 30 to 35 carry game for Derrick Henry they would not win this game I think that's the only way that they can win games from an offensive standpoint yeah which makes them a little bit one-dimensional yep. okay back to the big news of the day this breaking news just moments ago that Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder Adam Schefter rejoins us with more details on this plus our thoughts on exactly where this puts the Eagles in the playoff picture we'll be back Pre-game headquarters is brought to you by Domino's. Get a taste of variety when you order off the Domino's mix and match menu. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Glad you're with us here on NFL Live. Breaking news today related to Jalen Hurts. For that, we go right back out to Adam Schefter, who's at Lambeau for Monday Night Football. What do we know, Adam? Oh, Laura, he suffered a sprained shoulder on Sunday against the Bears. He got driven into the ground late in the third quarter by Travis Gibson. Came up, stayed down, you could see, came up and was hobbled. Now his status is at best uncertain for Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. If he can't start, and you'd have to figure in the Eagles' position, they're going to tread very carefully and lightly. Gardner Minshew would start Saturday against the Dallas Cowboys. But clearly there's a question about whether that quarterback on that ground right there will be able to bounce back in time to play Saturday night. And with the position the Eagles are in, they have the cushion built up to be able to rest him and not have to win this week and rush him back. They only have to win one more game to get that number one seed. Yeah, the upcoming schedule, of course, the Cowboys on Saturday. They've also got the Saints and the Giants in the regular season left. Let's continue on here. More from Adam in just seconds. But new on NFL Live tonight on the Manning cast on ESPN2 for Rams Packers. They got some great guests. George Kittle, and you see Demarcus Ware and Ray Lewis. Weezy. As well. Lil Wayne. Man, wait, tune in for that. Get that going on your second screen. Weezy and Monday baby. Monday Night Football again on ESPN and ABC. Let's check back in at the Domino's pregame headquarters now where Adam Schefter joins us again from Lambeau. Adam, what do we know about the availability of Aaron Jones tonight for Green Bay? Laura limited in practice later in the week with an ankle injury, but remember in the position they are, it sounds like he's good to go tonight and Aaron Jones should be able to get his normal workload, but he was limited in practice and it will be, and it is, very cold here in Green Bay. You would think that the Packers would be leaning heavily on their run game tonight, a combination of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Stay warm out there, Adam. Temperatures in the teens around kickoff. We'll see you on yeah, Monday Night Countdown. That's why we're inside right now, Laura. That's why we're inside <laughs> right got, now. You got mm -hmm. your scarf ready. You get your warmers going <laughs> later. Adam, just get as cozy as you can. All right, speaking of tonight's game Thank between you. those Rams and the Packers, look at this. We're all oh, on the Packers the across the board. Anybody want to change? No, nope. man, we've been hot. I'm not going to let we've you change. Hot. We're all in the pack. We're going to stay there, enjoy Monday Night we've Football. And each week here on NFL Live, we help the league spotlight the high school coach of the week. The Green Bay Packers have chosen Andrew Selgrad from Columbus High School. In just his second season as head coach of the Cardinals, his team completed a perfect 14-0 season. Oh, let's go, Took coach. home the Wisconsin Division IV state championship. Probably could beat UConn. No fallen. Well, let's check in on UConn. They're over on ESPN. Congratulations to Andrew Selgrad. And more on the breaking news today coming up next <laughs> on NFL Live. We're going to dive into the Eagles playoff situation, exactly where they're at and what they need to continue to accomplish, whether they have Jalen Hurts or not. It's all coming your way next on NFL Live.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Glad to have you here on NFL Live. Breaking news today is Adam Schefter reports that Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, uncertain to play at the Cowboys Saturday because of a sprained shoulder. It happened during the Bears game yesterday. There are many rumors out there about his collarbone, about this specific shoulder that it is. What Adam is reporting is that it is not a collarbone and that it is actually his right shoulder. We'll continue to look for clarification there. Mina Kimes. Dan Orlovsky and Marcus Spears here as we talk about this. Dan, I'll start with you. Just yeah. the overall thought with how good of a position the Eagles are in, but still not knowing the exact severity of this, you think this is enormous news for the Eagles and for the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's the starting quarterback of the number one seed and a Super Bowl favorite. And, Laura, you hinted at it. Like, the differing reports that you're hearing, you're hearing, and Shefty said he believes – it is a sprain to his throwing shoulder. Then you're hearing reports that it's a sprain to a non-throwing shoulder. Then you've heard the flo- floating, and Shefty said this isn't the case, but collarbone injury. So that's like the concern is all those different report, differing reports. Why can't there be a little bit more um, concrete news on it? But I look at it like this: like the it's 28 days if, from the first round of the playoffs. There's 28 days till like you want to practice after that game till that second round of the playoffs. Right now, they're the number one seed. I think it's hard for them not to be the number one seed. But if you're looking at it going, if they've had the number one seed, Jalen Hurts has almost a month to get healthy. But I look at it as how severe is the potential sprain or the injury? What is the impact when it comes to the decision-making of using him as a runner? And then the, the greatest growth of their offense this year is his deep ball. Does this have any tinge? And I'm not talking about deep ball practice on Wednesday. I'm talking about deep ball practice, and it's the fourth quarter, and you're up four, and you're trying to go throw a 60-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown to win the game in the playoffs. How does it feel in that moment? That's when I think about not Cowboys Sunday afternoon. Uh, Well, so because the game against the Cowboys is on Saturday, the Eagles do have media availability tomorrow, so we should hear from Sirianni an update That'll definitely be on NFL Live, so tune in for that, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. I want to load this up, Marcus and Mina. This was a a tweet from Kevin Seifert, our colleague. He said, just a reminder, the only way the Vikings in the NFC can elevate to the number one seed is if they win out and the Eagles lose out. So I think, Marcus, as you think about the schedules going forward, the Eagles have, of course, the Cowboys on Saturday. They have the Saints. They have the Giants. Uh, For the Vikings, let me load it up here because I took a screenshot of what their schedule is. Load it up. We (laughs) real time. All right, they, they have the Giants, they have the Packers, and they have the Bears. 
So it is feasible they could win out, but they would need yeah. the Eagles to lose out. It, the Eagles, I think that just illustrates how nice of a position they are in if you don't see Jalen Hurts until the postseason. I'm more confident in the Eagles not losing out than Minnesota winning out. No. Right? Yeah. Like, we've watched the Vikings this year. We have major concerns about the Minnesota Vikings. The thing, look, it's, it's catastrophic when you have any question about the availability of your quarterback. In this particular case, the one that's playing at an MVP level and how much he's responsible for with the success of this offense. With that being said, I still believe this team, and this is why what Howie Roseman has been doing mm. is going to be put under a microscope, right? Not only do you bring Garner Minshew in, you re-solidify your defensive line. Offensive line is intact. You bring in a playmaker to help with comfortability, whether you got to go to your backup or not. And when you think about all of the things that have transpired this particular season with injuries, Dallas came in here and played with a backup. Yeah. I, I feel better about Philly's team than I felt about <laughs> Dallas's team when Cooper Rush took over. So yeah. I, I, I just. Big deal, but I think they'll get two out of the three. Specifically on Saturday, Mina, Gardner Minshew is a guy that is a big piece in this discussion. I mean, yeah. we all kind of, when we first heard this, we're all like, well, you know what? Gardner Minshew can play. Uh, what do you think about yeah. Saturday's matchup? And then maybe beyond that, if we see more from them. Well, I go back to watching Jag the Jags game yesterday, and while I was watching the Cowboys defense, I was thinking, the Eagles offense is going to destroy this unit this time around. And I don't think it'll be to that extent. Uh, but I do think that there are things the Jags did that Minshew and this Eagle off Eagles offense can have success doing. Attacking the linebackers in coverage. Stretching that defense horizontally with end arounds and sweeps. Putting Gardner Minshew on the move and then going after some of those Cowboys cornerbacks. Look, Gardner Minshew's greatest asset, I think, at this point is he really doesn't turn the ball over a lot. His two mm. years in Jacksonville, both years, both seasons, he had an interception rate of 1.5% or lower, which is pretty good. Um, so as long as he doesn't do that, and as long as he doesn't try to push the ball downfield in ways that he's not quite capable of, I think he, he can keep this running against the Dallas defense that looks vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I said this whole offseason in summer, this was the easiest place in the NFL to play quarterback. That was the credit, the roster, specifically the offensive one that Jalen Hurts got to play. Now, he's playing at an MVP level. I honestly don't think this news is that big a deal for this weekend. I think this news is, has enormous um, uh, ramifications for the playoffs. And if I was the play caller, every single time that I get into that moment of, all right, I want to run Jalen, I'm going to be hesitant. Mm -hmm. I, uh, that's how I would feel. How much does it change? How much does the playbook change? With Gardner Minshew? Yeah. Because quarterback run is significantly decreased. But I'm talking about when Jalen comes back, hopefully, and you're in the third round uh, of the playoffs, and you go, man, I want to dial up 12 yeah. quarterback runs. Are we really sure coming off the injury we want to do that? All right, again, we'll see you tomorrow in NFL Live. This will continue to be a story oh, we got here from come the Eagles tomorrow. tomorrow. You don't want to miss that and so much more. Thanks for being with us on NFL Be Live. We'll see you there. Yeah.